GM everyone, we are back here again uh, for another episode of GM Web3 on Rogue Radio. Uh, takeover show this week, uh, as we said before, Farouk is, is in Korea. I've seen a lot of photos actually of him. Looks like he's having a good time. And uh, Ovi's in Canada. So we have uh, we have Cows and we have Mika as replacement. Yo. Good to have you guys. It's been a good good week so far. No, no one's dropped the ball too badly. Like I think I think uh, it's been a, it's been a solid takeover week. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Okay. You're getting a lot of good feedback. You're getting a lot of good feedback for for breaking it down. I didn't, re- I didn't realize how no one was. No one actually understood half the things we were saying uh, for the last year <laughs> and a half. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no it's, it's been fun. The sponsorship um, deals are rolling in for me. Are they? Have you got anything? No. Any modeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, some big, big stuff. No, not yet. How, how is your follow account going? It must be going parabolic at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> it's not quite parabolic, but it's up and to the right. I think that's the VC yeah. uh, expression, uh, right? Up and to the right, baby. Compounded growth. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. The bear market my brain you. has Doing. just like expanded and of course really, kraken gives me wings sorry you know one day i'll nail it one day <laughs> i'll nail the kraken gives me wings uh, uh. they are here today they are here today so um it's gonna be a two-part basically day today we're gonna go through the the normal top five things um and then we're gonna go at the end to speak to the whole kraken team they're obviously sponsoring um GM Web3 for this month alongside some other stuff alongside Rogue Radio. Um, I believe we have a site alongside them, which is, I think it's KrakenAFT um, forward slash Rogue Radio. Um, I will I'll double confirm that when it comes up on screen. But yeah, we're going to have them in the, um, in the studio uh, towards the end of the show, which is going to be a big deal. Uh, but for, for now, we're just going to go straight into... Um, I've been told I'm not connected to the Twitter spaces. Is that right? It was all going so well. I I told you, Mando, not to jinx it. Mm. But here we are. I see us connected, Sam. So can you guys hear us in the audience? Hey, what's a good spaces without being rugged? Am I right? So true. So true. Back in the day, it was just like getting rugged like every five minutes. Or back in the day, like six well, months that- ago. No, no, no. You can but, only hear, but literally, can they hear everyone now? Is everyone now connected? Yeah, everyone's now connected. Okay. Um, okay. I think they could only hear me before. Now they can hear you guys, which is which is nice. Uh, um, blame so somebody else. You guys, eh? said, you guys said you, you got a free pass there. Um, only people on YouTube. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, it's good. Everyone was saying they don't want Farouk and OSF back. Oh my god! So I'm happy they didn't hear that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're, oh, they're are bad. we connected right now? Whoopsie. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. I'm joking. Um, 
Yeah. Okay, so we'll get straight into it because I think we should. Uh, we want to try and speed it up through this show, but um, we're going to do the top five things again. Uh, I think we're going to start with a story that happened kind of, we were talking about on Monday, I believe it was, which is this creator pass. This was the pass that was alongside Mr. Beast. You had that uh, gamer come out of the weekend and say, look, I didn't realize it was NFTs. Um, it's since developed since then, they've postponed the whole thing. So they're actually fully got canceled for actually mentioning the word NFT. And that is not going to go forward. Um, yeah, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I, I thought it was kind of wild to see that the whole thing got canceled because of NFTs. Like, I understand one person's objection, but now it just seems like a, like a very, very aggressive um, Wait, it's reaction. all done? It's canceled? It's all... Yeah, Christmas is canceled, it seems. Um, which is, what? yeah. Can we pull it up? Where's the... Okay, we're pulling it up. Oh my god, chat. Is this real? Is this real, chat? Is this real? Can you see that? No. No, we can't see it yet. I thought he was on that. It says it's... Yeah, it's on my side. There you go. Mr. Beast promoter, creator league postponed after gamers bail amid NFT backlash. Influencer in the gaming league said they were misled about the blockchain aspect. Now EFUSE is pausing the program and laying off staff. They came out with like a really apologetic tweet yesterday or post yesterday, basically being like, it says here at the bottom, the creator league was an experiment, blah, 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 blah. Um, the creator league community passes are not considered NFTs nor a token launch because they had no transfer utility, which means there was no ability to resell. I mean, it just seems so desperate to try and get out of it this way that it was really that bad that you could transfer your NFTs. Like, why is that what people are annoyed about? Like, the, the, totally. surely that's beneficial that you'd be able to transfer them. So I think it's kind of wild. I, I feel like this is part of like a bigger thing from like, you don't just lay off 30% of your company because of this. It feels, feels like they needed an excuse to lay off 30 people and now they may be found one. I don't know. But it seems like a total knee-jerk reaction. I totally agree with you as well that the statement is just like pathetic. Like stand up for yourself. If you believe in the product, say, yeah, look, we think this is a good way to push esports forward or you know we think this is a good way of empowering the community and giving them some decision making power over the creators i don't know at least defend your decisions and your actions rather than just like lying over like a limp fish and kind of yeah pandering to the the most <laughs> vocal minority of your kind of um Cal, that, was such a, that was such a Seems visual weak. that was such Seems a visual weak. with a fish it is weak. Yeah. Someone said weak league. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No PR is bad PR, am I right? I feel like this is way worse than the, the story that we heard on Monday. Like, it's basically what you just said, Callie. Like, who cares if one person was like, oh, I don't like NFTs and didn't really get the project. For you then to actually cancel the whole thing because of that, I just think is like, that's, that is just really bad, in my opinion. Just go forward with it. Like, just say that that guy didn't understand. Like, it's not really that big a deal that you're using NFTs. Not that we need to cancel the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was I feel weird. like this is kind of a part of the structure. Like, because I was thinking about it a bit more. Basically, that guy who opposed it in the first place, he was only saying that because his audience, who is, there's zero moat. They can just switch to, like, streaming another guy. So they need to pander to everything that their audience thinks or that they think their audience thinks. 
So basically, the whole structure of the fact that it's costless to switch streams or look at somebody else and everyone's competing for eyeballs makes it like basically you just pander to your audience's views as much as possible to try and get them to watch. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I, I think this is honestly ridiculous. Like, I don't know who's advising like these people. I just don't understand. Why is everybody just so uneducated? They got to come to the GM Web3 show. Come on. Yeah, but this, this sucks. But clearly, it just, it just seems like they, they just have no backbone. So I think that's kind of kind of embarrassing for, for kind of everyone in the whole space that that has had to happen. But um, yeah, like I said, I think this is way worse than the the story uh, the story up for Monday, but we'll see how that one develops. The second story for today is that MetaMask have announced that they are going to do an off-ramp service. Now, this has been a big deal in crypto for a while. Getting money in and out of crypto has become increasingly hard. A lot of exchanges basically um, have made it increasingly difficult um, because of various different KYC regulations and just losing banking partners. There was an operation choke point in the US, which a lot of people pointed to. Um, now it looks like MetaMask are, are teaming up with PayPal and that you can get your money off exchanges. Um, it is quite funny that this was a big headline, which I think people were um, were pretty happy about. And then uh, it looks like the fees to get money off is <laughs> is 9%. Um, 9%? Now, fees on MetaMask aren't small. They're, they're already like, they always charge you a little bit more for the swaps as well versus like some of the competitors but nine percent to get your money out is is pretty wild um this doesn't really how, feel like how much are the money. fees how much are the fees on kraken low <laughs> we use them <laughs> yeah so Sorry, so but what's what's the percent just to compare if, just you, if you use kraken pro it's minuscule totally minuscule if you set orders if you're a price maker, if if you're a price taker, it's very very small. If you're a price maker, it's essentially nothing. And then to offer them to a bank account, it's like I did it the other day. It's like two bucks, maybe nice. eight bucks. Nice, wow, and like a very is, very large transaction. It's a lot. Okay, very, so, very nice. way less than one percent. Yeah, huge, huge. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, uh, you got the answer there, folks. Kraken. Yeah. No, this <laughs> no, is a classic. But yeah. I mean, Sammy's a good um, follower in the space, but he kind of goes through how the, the process is. He is obviously based in the UK. Um, you actually have to pass some sort of KYC to get it, um, which kind of makes sense because I think it came out via MoonPay, it looks like. Um, anyway, transaction took five minutes. He only took out a small amount. It looks like he took out like 60 pounds worth. Um, but still, like, so this cost me six pounds for a 60 pound transfer. Um, what's, what's six pounds like run bucks. it back to oh, well. okay eight okay eight bucks yeah, but, i mean yeah for an 80 I buck mean, transfer i mean at least at least there's an option like there's options I, I like that there's like options i think that that's that's good you know that it's the option is even available you know on metamask yeah Amanda, yeah look i think you on yeah you say what's your view on like paypal in general like a lot of people in crypto have been very anti PayPal for a long time, um, including myself, since they kind of went totally ham with a like a terms of service policy. Was that twelve or six months ago? Um, they're kind of seen as this bastion of centralization, right? 
Um, and I wonder is like, is cheerleading and a company like that getting into it? Is that a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing? Not going to lie. Like I, I hadn't used PayPal for over a decade. Um, like I thought it was like boomer, boomer web two payments provider, like who uses PayPal? Like I, I don't think I've heard about that for a long time. And then recently it does feel like they've made a bit of resurgence and particularly started to, to push for crypto a little bit more, but it does feel very, it does feel very centralized. I, I, it's almost like I would equate PayPal to using a building society in the UK. It's like you go in, you know, there's going to be like very standard, like bank style regulations about what you can do. And they're probably going to call, call you and send you some text for just like moving a hundred pounds. It's like, it's really quite difficult. And that, that was yeah. my, that has been my experience recently of using it. That being said, like who knows that they they're bringing out a stablecoin. Um, it's obviously it's obviously linked to a lot of different payment uh, solutions in uh, uh, internationally, particularly things uh, to do with e-commerce. So I think um, I think it's I don't think it's the payment provider that I would ever try and use. But if it's gonna be something in crypto, then I'm rather that it was than it wasn't. Let's put it that way. So yeah, I think it can be. Um, I think it can be big for the, for the actual uh, segment of the market that it corners, but I am not really involved in that market, let's say. Yeah. With, uh, with, with Coinbase, I mean, it was it actually worked pretty, like back in the day, not, not anymore. But I remember friends uh, used to use Coinbase and then like take it out with PayPal and it would happen like instantly. But that was like two years ago, three years ago. So it ain't like that right now. No. No, I th look, maybe we see a resurgence of PayPal. Like PayPal, um, I guess I guess you've you've seen like it was obviously created by Elon and whatever. Um, so maybe they'll they'll they're pushing back into into crypto. I think now Elon's trying to make X basically like a well, PayPal meets social media, right? PayPal PayPal merged with Elon's company, which was called X.com. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But like yeah. he's um but so now he's basically creating his own competitor. Maybe PayPal's decided that it can go down that route as well. So maybe we'll see even more of it. But they are embracing they're embracing crypto. You've seen Visa and Mastercard also make some moves into into crypto recently. Um, there was a story even out today that Visa is going to um, going to start using Solana for USDC payments, um, which was quite a big deal in the Solana community. Like people are saying, you know, this is quite big, big, big. Uh, Big big payment provider now looking to move. Those nine percent fees are like are just crazy though. I, I know credit card fees, although you maybe don't see them, are like two and a two and a half percent, I think. Yeah. But this at nine percent, like no I mean that that's something that you actually remember, you know, like that's a, that leaves a bit of a dent whenever you're trying to move some money. So Dude, if you I think, trade, do a trade and make nine percent, you're like have very happy and then you just Spend it all on yeah. the extraction. That seems wrong. I think um, it, it depends, like, if some of these are fixed fees. Like, he moved a very small amount, so I can imagine... Well, not a very small amount, but he moved 60 bucks. So it's not, like, it's not something crazy. I don't know if those fees would lower, come down quite a lot as a percentage if you tried to move, like, I don't know, five grand or 10 grand. So um, I'm not going to be doing that, but... Let's see. Let's see how it develops, and and the fact that they have a, an off ramp, more off ramps is good. 
just just because people do find it difficult often to get their money out one way or another. So I'm uh, I'm kind of happy about that. Um, yeah, that was that, and obviously we kind of touched upon the 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 other thing there, which was that Visa uh, and uh, Solana are doing a um, are doing a partnership. Solana, it, I just see another headline that Solana users has hit a two year low, but it does feel like some big applications are still being built there. Um, they're definitely winning some of like the dApps moving into their ecosystem as well. What we did see yesterday, though, um, and what Solana got a lot of FUD for back in 2021 and 2022 was how much it went down. And there's increasingly a narrative that the L2s being built on Ethereum actually run a lot of the same centralization issues that we used to FUD all the L1s about. Um, and this is to do with some of the sequences, fraud proofs. But um, you saw yesterday that Base, which is the big L2, which obviously Coinbase is um, Coinbase is backing, or it's actually Coinbase's chain, which is built on the Optimism uh, technology stack. That went down for about 45 minutes. Um, and we've seen this happen with Arbitrum recently. Um, I, think, I believe it's happened to a number of different L2s in the last few months, but it does feel as though that's not a great look for um, for for base. Uh, the TVL of base, that's the total value locked, have gone has gone stratospheric recently. It's gone up to like four hundred million dollars. So there's a lot of money moved on to moved on to the base, and to see something like that happen kind of early, um, I don't know what you guys think, but it doesn't make me feel super confident about the L2s are necessarily a safer future for, for Ethereum. Like people have said that they keep the, the security of, of Ethereum um, because the, the, the transactions are eventually settled there, but it does feel like they do run a lot of centralization issues. Um, and this seems to be one of them. I'll bring up, I'll bring up the story about it because I thought it was kind of, kind of crazy to see. They did manage to, to fix it. Um, after after uh, 45 minutes but yeah block production on base abruptly halted 43 minutes after as developers rushed to implement a fix they said we identified a delay in block production due to part to our internal infrastructure requiring a refresh i mean that sounds kind of bad um we yeah. implemented a fix it sounds like they just had to turn it on and off again which doesn't really sound <laughs> that good the only job they have is to keep it running that's like is in some ways it was more important than all the other things it does is just keep keep processing blocks um and yeah it's not great that it's happened this early on i think i don't see it being like i think with when solana got footed badly it was because it was happening again and again and again uh, if it's like a one-off and it's okay then it could be fine but if this keeps happening yeah it's not a great look <laughs> tio run it back Turbo really quick. What do you mean running out of what does that mean running out of block? Like I know like for the blockchain, there's like, you know, a block is composed of like all the information, but like what does that mean here? In so, what sense? Just process it. Sorry, you go, Amanda. Yeah, they're just not producing blocks. Like they just they, the chain just stopped. Um and there are often different reasons for this. They don't actually the, the, what I think was bad about this is that they didn't really provide an explanation about what happened. <laughs> they just said internal infrastructure requiring a refresh, which literally sounds to me like a very centralized. It, that's what you would if like your website went down. You might ask for something like that. So 
a decentralized ledger, you don't like to hear stuff like that. So I don't know. They didn't really go into the details about why it failed. Um, but like I said, I think a, the big, big theme in, in crypto right now is L2s, right? Um, Ethereum is actually making less money at the moment as a blockchain. So like the amount of, of fees being collected because a lot of transactions are happening on L2s at the moment. And people think that's really good. I mean, that is meant to be happening with Ethereum. Um, but it, what you are seeing that then is people are also assuming that this, this new infrastructure being built has got the same level of security or the same level of functionality as Ethereum did. And that was actually what was peddled for a long time. The idea that you know L2 is the safest, it's the most secure, it's the best. And actually, then they don't tend to often be that way. And there are very different reasons why. But I think you have to be very, very aware that with some of these L2s, you could be in a very similar sort of scenario as where people were in Solana back in 2022, where some of these blockchains just stop working for hours on end. They just, they just stop and your money could be stuck there. Um, and that's maybe it doesn't matter when nothing's going on, but if, if something's crazy going on or like there's massive load on the network, which often relates to something crazy going on, it's not, um, it's not a great situation to be in. So I think just be aware of, of putting your money on L2s and knowing that this sort of stuff I think is going to increasingly happen. Okay. All the stuff think... basically is basically going to keep on happening again and again and again. And we're all going to have to sit here and be like, uh, you know, all that stuff we flooded for Solana for is basically what the majority of the Ethereum ecosystem is headed towards. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was just, you know, feeling left out with the accent, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I actually saw another thing today. I don't know if you saw the, the debate that's happening about block rewards uh, for Bitcoin. Did you guys, did, did you see this? Uh, the, I, I actually got into a big argument at a wedding with, with somebody over this. Um, well, why do you have the couple, most scandalous... Like what? Like stories. First, your honeymoon. Like you know the <laughs> Harry Potter. Then you have like the wedding beef. Like you just always have these like crazy stories. Anyways, Mando. Know, Mando knows this has been a big, uh, like a pet kind of project of mine for a while. The the end well, state of Bitcoin. The end state of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Cali, Cali does is not a big Bitcoin fan. Um, I am a big fact, Bitcoin fan. It's not of the end state. Yeah, so this is kind of flared up again um, overnight, uh, seemingly between a bunch. Of, this this is Dylan Leclerc. He's quite a well-known laser eye. I think he maybe is a senior analyst at Bitcoin Magazine. Looks like, but definitely a follow in the space. Um, and there's a big debate about like the future of Bitcoin and, and its security. Um, everyone gets very bullish about halving, um, but at the same time that could mean that the Bitcoin network is becomes progressively less secure. Eventually, we are going to run out of Bitcoins, right? Or, at, you know, there, there will be no more. And in that world, what happens to the security of Bitcoin? Like, what? who is the person securing the network? Right now, it is the miners um, fight for block space. Now, we don't actually know what is going to happen. Um, and, but that is 140 years away or something like that, 120 years away. But they, are saying, but they are saying that, you know, the, the current security of Bitcoin could be challenged even in four, eight years, like with each with each hardening. And there is a lot of people 
um, with the recent Ordinals move, who got very, very bullish because this was, we had actually had them on, on GM Web, GM Web3 about, I don't know, five months ago, saying, you know, this is a Cambrian explosion for Bitcoin. This is now the future of Bit for Bitcoin because people would start to pay, um, pay essentially for that block space again. Um, and now Ordinals has basically gone to zero again in terms of trading and, and uh, it's, because the, the 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 devs the the core devs of Bitcoin are very much against any of these changes, and they've made it progressively more difficult. And there is an, a new view, or well, not really a new view, but there is a persistent view that actually Bitcoin is going to have to change. There's going to be some sort of tail emission. So instead of it being 21 million or whatever it is, it's going to have to have some form of tail emission to make sure that miners are um, that miners are protected. Dylan has come out and basically said that's stupid. Um, that Bitcoin does not need these tail emissions. That eventually people will always pay for 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 um, to mine Bitcoin because the hash rate will come down and eventually for someone. I do kind of agree with this this sentiment up until a point. And actually, you should read the comments here because a bunch of very very prominent Bitcoin people are just fighting it out. Eric, who's a big taproot um, ordinals person, was basically saying like, "You're an idiot." And I think I saw the king of threadles, Adam Cochran, actually come out. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the problem is that Maxi seemed to forget that the, that the intention was for payment fees to solve this. When Satoshi left and innovation faltered, that went out the window. The hash rate change neither changes the Bitcoin produced per block nor the cost of electricity. Bitcoin was a perfectly was a perfectly planned, predicted on the one assumption that it would fall to good community stewards after Satoshi was gone. It didn't. It fell to zealots who, when lacking in any ability to innovate, so tribalism for profit. He basically goes into the idea that Bitcoin is heading towards a disaster here because people are not accepting that they basically need to change. Like, things need to be updated. It needs to become more Ethereum-like in how the rewards are going to be. Like, Ethereum obviously has a burn mechanism alongside the, um, alongside the, the fees paid um, for in gas. Um, yeah, I do. Kali, you have a strong view here, but like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen for to Bitcoin? Yeah, I, I think I thought for ages that this is going to be a problem. And with markets, you can never say, you know, this thing's going to happen in the future because people iterate back from that constantly, and the the future is just iterated back to the present. So if you know something certain is going to happen in the future, that is implied eventually in the price today. So it becomes a a, a now problem very quickly. Um, the, the fact that there's not going to be any Bitcoin to secure the network is a huge and obvious problem. I don't personally buy into the argument that like um, ticket fees or like fees paid to miners to put transactions through will be enough to offset that. And that's the whole argument here. So I think Bitcoin needs to change. I'm probably not the person to say exactly how. But it's clear that, like, you can't just say, oh, it's a problem, but it'll kind of be in the future and it's okay. Um, the only way that the, the, it's not a problem is that the, if the Bitcoin price, like, goes up by the same amount that the issuance decreases, essentially, that it's infinitely up and to the right as the issuance comes down and, to the, down and to the right. Yeah, and it's yeah, not that this is why it's a lot. Exactly. But I think that the previous argument was... That, you know, 
as they become scarce, as Bitcoins become scarcer and scarcer, like on those final blocks when the reward is like less than one Bitcoin or like no point, no, 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 one Bitcoin as you reach the asymptote of the curve, then people are like, wow, well, the price will be so high then. Um, I personally have never bought that. I don't think it's a good argument. I think this intellectual weakness underpins Bitcoin, which is a shame. I, I, for once in my life, I agree with Adam Cochran that like, it needed to kind of <laughs> maybe there was another I, another I, I never normally agree with them as well but I, it's interesting to say that the, the the solution which i think is the cleanest is this tail emission that for, instead of the basically there being I, instead of there being a finite amount of bitcoin you basically say we're going to have inflation of one percent just some form of tail emission you know like it, it goes it, to like one percent forever oh. and then but, yeah. but Dylan has come out in this, this, if you actually listen to the video, because it's worth listening to, it's about three minutes long. Um, he's like, if you do that, and, you know, I will just sell all of the fork. Like, if you fork Bitcoin to do that, Every, uh, I'll just, uh, I, I'm getting think, out, like, zero. The majority of people who hold Bitcoin will agree with him, I would argue. The whole premise this, of the entire this, thing is that there is a fixed supply. That is the whole raison d'etre of <laughs> raison d'etre okay hit him with that i don't understand why can't we why can't bitcoin just be like you know i don't know gold and just like chill why, why does it have why does it have to have so many utilities because because for it to actually work for it for like blockchains work by a consensus right so um for that security to be like to, to keep the same level of cons like um, consensus around what the transactions are, you need to have some form of reward for people to actually want to be able to prove that prove that consensus. Mm. Without those rewards, like you could never be able to do a transaction. Like, right. like no. Oh, so you're just, saying like if there's if there's no rewards, if there's no rewards, miners are just going to be like, I don't want to contribute to this blockchain, so then the blockchain yeah, this, will just not no exist. In it's not, it doesn't just become some like physical gold after that. It's just like the purpose for that blockchain that um, basically goes to zero because there's no one securing the chain. You have something called a 51%, which is the most, this is the most likely way that this would all disintegrate where someone manages to convince 51% of the people who own Bitcoin um, to change um, the, like the consensus uh, of the blockchain. And that would be the, that would be the, the main way it would go down. But it just, there would be, what? like, the transactions just don't happen, essentially. Block reward and fee structure, I think, is how you change this. Not not issuing more Bitcoins. I, th I think that is total, that's a game over. Total game over. Um, you think? The other how thing, does it work? Uh, 100%. The other interesting thing on this is that it's not a one-sided equation in terms of the number of, like, the block rewards. It's also got the inputs, which are electricity and uh, increased computing power, like the cost of G like uh, iterations of GPUs, basically. So that's yeah. not static. The cost of computing power and electricity are kind of going up at the same time as the bottle water coming down. So it's going to make this a much quicker um, problem that they're going to have to solve. Yeah, it's definitely a complex one. Um, I think we'll move on just because it's a very, very big topic. I don't know if we have to kind of fix it for today. But the, um, the next one I put on here was just, is COVID coming back? I don't know if you saw, but like Joe Biden's wearing masks again. There's a bunch of different um, things happening in the US at the moment where I think Jill Biden, his wife, got, 
got COVID, so there's like no reason for him getting COVID. But I know, Cal, again, you're pretty, you have a pretty strong view on this. Do, do, do you think? Okay, I, towards- I, uh, I mean, you know that OSF and I had a bet on this um, like yeah. a month ago or a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I think, look, it's for various reasons, it's, it's coming back. Um, the COVID I, thing I, was the, the variant. <laughs> I don't know what variant it is, but I just think, um, what do I think? (laughs) They're bringing it back for a variety of reasons. I think, um, what's the best way to phrase this? Wait, come back to me. I'll have a think. All right. Yeah. Look, I think it's, I think it's, you'll see it on the timeline. There's a lot of culture war people now on the timeline who just like throw dirt at each other. I tend to find so you increasingly I'm seeing stuff about COVID and it's like oh no it's it the, the Twitter timeline can be pretty uh pretty divisive the whole time but it does feel as though now what I thought was kind of a bit of a joke a few weeks ago that they were going to bring back a lot of different um different regulations and mandates now it looks like it could start to happen again so be be wary it does feel like COVID could be coming back we're obviously heading into winter so there'll be a is this good number. for NFTs? Is that good for NFTs? People buy our bags again. People were mentioning crypto though, because obviously people were mentioning that you know this. If they do start to do this sort of stuff, it normally leads to stimulus again. And if you're trying to shut down people's businesses, like that's quite a big deal. I, I really hope it does not come back. But there was some um, there was some chatter that you know this could lead to uh, can, this could. Can they stimmy? Stim- can they stimmy again with inflation where it is, or like the threat of inflation being there? Or not? Before you had no inflation, so you could just stimmy to the moon. Stimmy checks for everyone. I think they can stimmy again. I don't think any, I don't think there's anyone stopping them. If they're going to start shutting down business, they're going to stimmy again. But I don't think we're not at that level. I just thought it was interesting to see that, like now. I think from now until January, now until February, we're going to see more and more of this COVID stuff. Um, well, I think I think it is interesting because this obviously affects our whole industry. Like even if it's like you know, something different, it affects the whole world. But I think people might, uh, I don't know, at the end of the day, blockchain and, and crypto and NFTs do have a way of empowering people. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was a busy, it was definitely a busy period, I think, 2020 for the crypto space. Um, that It's not really a silver lining to 2020, but it does feel as yeah. though, um, yeah, stimulus, everyone, you know, be more indoors is, it was normally uh, quite a big thing for digital culture. The Amanda, one thing you're I was in your gonna... DM. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. You were in your yeah. Um, Pop strikes again. Yeah, God, I've got to be careful. This is not something I'm used to, and they just stay up on screen the whole time. So I, I don't really know. I'll go to the. I'll go to the uh, saucy DMs. It's like it's like a force of habit, but you know I'm t- I'm, t- I'm getting a little interested these days. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, no, it it's really interesting stuff. I, honestly, if it wasn't for the the pandemic, I wouldn't have discovered you know Web three. So sometimes what seems to be like a curse is a blessing in disguise. So yeah, yeah. the final thing I was going to mention is this Justin Bieber thing. I've actually shared this to Narsims, but the um. Justin Bieber's hit song, 2015 Company, has been turned to an NFT by another block from which fans could earn royalties for future streams of the track. Um, I think this story maybe came out maybe over the weekend, but I only picked up on it 
um, as you know, on September 7th. It looks like this could be, I mean, you've seen a lot of these back catalogs be sold to different companies, right? Like I think Justin's made like a few hundred million dollars selling his back catalog recently. But the idea that royalty payments could, could eventually be given back to users, I think is quite a cool thing. It does make sense for things like NFTs. This like bespoke packaging up of some random asset and then allowing the revenue to be given to holders, I think is quite a cool, quite a cool thing. Um, and it's the first I've actually seen something like this. We've seen music NFTs um, through other platforms where you like buy the actual song as an NFT, um, but I don't know if they really have royalty uh, payments attached to them. Here it looks like while Accident will remain the rights holder, fans owning an NFT of the track will then be able to partic participate in a 1% royalty share in the streams of the song. Accident spoke to the significance of fans in the music industry and how blockchain and music rights open up an entirely new world of interactions. I mean, this is like the completely opposite of what just happened with with um, with that Creator League thing. Like this just Creator shows that a like this is an interesting way of of giving these assets to people. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this or what you guys thought of it. Fever, fever. Yeah, I mean, it is because this sounds like they actually are using the technology the way that you know one way that it's supposed to be used. Unlike the, the, like, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get what the whole creator league, but anyways, not to go back to it. I'm super excited about this. I hope that this is the, the, um, you know, path that we continue to, to be on where, you know, you can benefit as like, that's just so cool. Like, I would love if like, you know, I could in a way own a piece of like a Drake song and just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just that that concept to me is very cool. And I mean, we're seeing like the whole royalty conversation in regards to the film industry. I mean, I just saw um, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. He was talking about how, you know, he doesn't get any royalties from Breaking Bad being streamed on Netflix. And he and there's like obviously a whole like, you know, a whole like the protests going on about about that stuff right now and i feel like there is that problem and there is a solution so i don't know what like i'm just trying to figure out the gap you know between the problem of like you know all these creators not getting royalties and then you have the solution where it lives in web3 and the gap between the two you know yeah look that, that is a the, the whole strike going on in the US right now, which is what you just said, like a lot of that is linked yeah. back to the AI replication of stuff. There is some talk about um, how those rights could be distributed in the future. I think part of that is like bad contracts that people have signed that they've now realized they just have infinite liability to whatever the hell the um, no, but it's it's more that it it's more that it wasn't like part of the ethos. And in our you know Web three, it actually was. I know right now we are struggling with the whole creator royalty situation. I, I again, I, I don't think that that's gonna last. Like I think it's gonna we're gonna go back to the Web three ethos, which is you know rewarding creators and um, and holders and stuff like that or collectors. Um, but it's it's more than just like bad contracts with the whole Netflix thing. It's more just the ethos of the film industry of the music industry and um, artists and creators really suffering. So that's at the beginning what was so interesting about Web3 to so many artists and creators is, is the whole royalty situation and, and the actual ownership um, of, of things that you're creating or being a part of. So I think that, like I said, there's, there's this gap and obviously it's 
a lot needs to happen to get there, but we're on, I feel like the, the right track, but it's not going to be an easy track. I mean, these big companies are not going to let these things go so easily, but I definitely think that the way to go is, you know, what we're doing in web three, which is the royalty situation. Yeah. There was a company which I think Blau has was like set up, which is Royal, which did which did royalties. I don't I haven't really heard from that them too much over the last six yeah. months, but this is the first like big, big artist that is um that is now moving in, in this direction. And to be honest, the people who have bought all these back catalogs, they are just like profit maxi hedge funds or private equity firms. So if this takes off, I, I do think that they will be drawn to the money from it and they will automatically start moving some of this stuff up. And it, there is benefit to, to both sides. Like there is clearly money in these things. Um, people have been buying them for that reason, because once you go into these streaming platforms, particularly back, the back catalogs of big artists, then it just becomes uh, just like a money printer for, for like forever, essentially. Like, I think, I don't know, they, it's been crazy how much has been spent on some of these recently. Right. I think Taylor Swift sold, sold a ton. Bieber sold a ton. All like your, all the rock stars from like their eighties and nineties have all sold them. Um, but yeah, someone needs to build this platform. If Royal is not going to be the person that, that does it, then someone needs to do it because there's, I think there is something here. Anyway, we will bring up, I think I've invited Kraken up on stage today. Are they there in the audience? I did invite them. Uh, Kraken, I'll invite them again. But if you want to request Kraken, we'll have you up. We're going to, we're going to go into what they've been doing. They're obviously going to be a sponsor for us for the next month. I think they've got some cool activations, even with Thread Guy and, and Leap coming up. Um, they have not requested yet. Can you guys see that on the on the Twitter space? Are they, are they there? Oh, you guys are there. You guys are in the back. Okay, sorry. I thought you were coming up on spaces. Um, you guys are both muted, but yeah, we have Andy and Washington here from from Kraken AFT. Thanks a lot, you guys, for for coming up and sponsoring the show. Um, how you guys been? Whereabouts are you guys? What's up, guys? Nice to see everybody. This is very cool. Uh, so I'm based out of Washington, D.C. Washoe, you want to talk about you? Well, my name is Washington, but I'm actually from Australia. That's so I'm, uh, I'm based in Brisbane. And uh, okay, it's not nice. GM. It's oh, actually technically it is GM. It's 1 a.m. in the morning. It's always GM. So, it's always GM. Yeah, you guys haven't GM. been going to any of the, uh, the big conferences? You're not, in, you're not going to Singapore or you're going to, to Seoul or... Hong Kong, you got any of those coming up? You guys are just sticking around. We'll both be at permissionless next week, so we're, our bags are packed for that. Nice. I was about to say, I was surprised that the whole team wasn't already in Singapore at this stage. Um, so yeah, it's obviously a pleasure to have you guys as the sponsor for the for, for the month. Uh, I know Farouk and, and OSF uh, are big fans as well, and we love what you guys have been doing. But yeah, it's good to hear that you guys are making a big push into NFTs. We've obviously seen some of the stuff you've been doing alongside some of the communities already. The big one that we already know about is with D-Gods and, and the points parlor, but I know you're building a whole marketplace. So yeah, maybe it's good to give a little refresh of, of what Kraken are. Obviously people are probably aware that you're an exchange, but how you're going to expand the business and, and what you are planning to do in NFTs. Sure. Washington, you want to kick off with a discussion of the, the platform? Yeah. Um, so let me think. Um, I think back a couple of years ago, we saw NFTs taking off and it was 
pretty clear to us that you know NFTs are going to be at the very least a, a pretty big component of the crypto ecosystem. And at the best and the ideal situation, the one that we believe that it's going to be like a, a core component of everyday digital life. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for us to 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 build out an NFT marketplace. Uh, even though the first innovation was, you know, this capability gap of uh, of building the marketplace. I mean, our product strategy very quickly became wanting to create like a really secure and normie friendly gateway into the NFT space. You know, somewhere where you didn't need to know how to install MetaMask first or understand concepts like gas and signing transactions and uh, worrying about block times or whether the NFT you were gonna buy would be like a rug. Uh, and we didn't see that platform when we got started working. And even today we don't really, you know, sort of see that. We see a lot of our, we, we don't see our competitors, you know, doing what we're doing, which is focusing on becoming a bridge for the next 100,000 first-time users of NFTs. Yeah, that's ultimately what, you know, we care about. And that's why we're building the platform that we're building. And my own pretty long experience in crypto has taught me that the very best platforms are built in the middle of bear markets. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, look, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I'm glad that you guys are making a push during during the uh, during the bear market. It's obviously a time to win market share. We've seen we've seen some other like market big marketplaces, big exchanges try to make a push, but it's good to see how you've done it already. Like some of the, the partnerships you guys have been doing, and um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to 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 see how you guys are going to develop it. Uh, to get into it a little bit differently, like how how are you guys looking at how other people have done it and how are you guys are going to do it differently? What, what are the main yeah. things you're going to be trying to achieve over the next six months? Yeah, I think, I mean, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think the the one big area that we're different is our focus because our focus is, like I said, becoming the, the default gateway for people to enter into the NFT space. I think there's plenty of competition between other marketplaces right now fighting over trading volume of apes, punks, and azukis on a on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, that's nice. And we, we obviously want that. But uh, I think for Kraken, our priority is to grow the pie, not just fight over the scraps at, at this point in history. But, I mean, to get into some specifics about where our marketplace is, uh, is, is different, like unlike a lot of other NFT marketplaces, we're a custodial marketplace, which means that you deposit your NFTs into your Kraken account like you would... Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any other token. And, you know, your NFTs are held by us in our, you know, best-in-class security, yada, yada. But that allows us to create a marketplace that's off-chain, which means that you can trade instantly. You don't have to wait around a few minutes for, for things to confirm. It doesn't cost any gas to trade. And you can trade in, like, over 200 crypto and fiat currencies really easily. And you've got access to, to Kraken's award-winning 24-7 support, which is pretty pretty killer. But on top of that, we've also got some nice quality of life features. Like we aggregate listings from other NFT marketplaces. So right now you've got access to thousands of NFTs that are for sale from your Kraken account. You can just use your funds today and, and go and buy something. Uh, we also simplify cross-chain payments. So uh, let's take, for example, Utes, which are on the Polygon network. You know, you don't have to go and do all that nonsense of wrapping Ethereum and then going to buy, uh, you know, your Ute that way. You can just buy it on, on Kraken and we take care of that on the background for you. And uh, I think at the moment we've got just over 400 collections from Ethereum, Polygon and, and Solana. 
And, you know, just to reinforce that point about security, we do like a background check on every collection that we add to the marketplace. And we personally, uh, sorry, individually, I don't go uh, review it. We have devs to do it. We, we individually review the smart contract and audit the smart contract of every collection that we add. And the reason we go through that is we want to give, you know, our clients the confidence that, you know, you're, when you buy an NFT at any price point, you're buying something from a legitimate project or community. So, yeah, I think we've got a lot going for us. And uh, we have a lot of, you know, really cool stuff, uh, a lot of really cool things coming down the uh, down the line as well. I think we're, we're going to be adding collection offers, sweeping, carts, analytics, a lot of the things that you'd find on, on other marketplaces. But... We're also going to be building some really cool auto conversion stuff. So if you've got Ethereum and, you know, the NFT is being sold for Doge, you know, you don't have to go and leave and convert it. You will just do the conversion process in one click. So making the, the whole purchase flow a lot easier. And we've got some really amazing stuff happening with Williams that's uh, going to be coming out soon. I'm so hyped for them that I'm, I'm like wearing their swag every single day. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I was just going to add on to that. I think kind of in summation of all that, I mean, ultimately, I think what we're trying to do is be the platform of choice for consumers when they're thinking about kind of dipping their toe into the space. Because at the end of the day, you know, the way we look at it, it's not about centralization or decentralization maxis, like we're adoption maxis. And so we're going after it through what we think is a safer, simpler, easier experience. And like, that's honestly what attracted us to, to Rug Radio. Right. Like I've been familiar with Rug Radio since its inception. I minted the membership pass back in January 2022. Uh, used that to mint the Genesis NFT. I think I got a, a scarce two and I was pumped because it was like one of those Pepe ones, which is like my favorite. Um, I just followed the growth and evolution ever since. Right. And so I think while this partnership is actually with Kraken more broadly, I'm sure we'll be engaging in some crypto content as well. I mean, Washington and I obviously are focused on the NFT marketplace. We want to leverage the Rug Radio platform to get Kraken NFT in front of the community. You guys know this better than anybody. Attention's hard to get in this space. I think it's doubly so for NFT marketplaces, which are about as popular as, as rotten fruit on the sidewalk right now. So you know, some days I feel like we're just like shouting into the wind. So I think it's really great to get a partner with an established voice in the community. Um, and help bring attention to what we're trying to do. So we're, I, I think I speak for both of us. We're really excited on this to come together. Uh, we're fans and listeners of Rug Radio, which makes us even cooler. Um, although I got to say, Mando, I've, I've listened to several Wrecked Radio episodes at this point, and I still haven't won a goddamn NFT wheel spin yet. So I'm hoping my, uh, hoping my luck changes here in the future. I kind of hope that you don't win now because then it's going to look like I kind of rigged it uh, going forward. But you're kind of out. You're kind of out of winning it now from from now on. But yeah, it's uh, mm -hmm. thank you. Look, it's great to hear that your your rug radio maxis. We've been obviously around for for a long time. As you can tell, it's bear market vibes um, throughout. But that's why it's nice to speak to people like you. Like you clearly can try and build it out. Um, I, I I think there's a lot of validity in what you're saying. Like we just we just want to get adoption at, at this stage. Um, it's very, very, very clear that one of the main uh, hurdles to getting people to buy NFTs is just the onboarding process. Like you have to go through 10 different stages to buy NFTs. We, for better or worse, thought different marketplaces were going to come in and kind of fix that. And it never really happened. So 
it's great to see a massive, massive player like Kraken, obviously one of the biggest in America, but also around the world, come in and to make that process relatively seamless, I think it could really help. Um, as well as, like you said, you've got some cool stuff coming. I know you have a big partnership with Williams in the F1, which, I mean, we've seen a bunch of different F1-related NFTs, and it'll be cool to see uh, how that develops. I, I think I heard something about Thread Guy getting involved, which I think will be, which will be cool coming up. Thread Guy and Leap, I believe, are, are both going to be. I don't even know how much they know about the F1, but maybe they've watched the uh, the Netflix series. But that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I Go ahead, Mika. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think this is like a perfect time to you know have a new. Um, marketplace like i i need some i need a marketplace like honestly okay i'm gonna be real like no shade to blur but the user experience like hurts my brain and i i'm actually excited with the user experience with kraken because i i just like the colors of the website like that matters to me because if i'm gonna spend time on you know like i used to spend so much time on OpenSea, and it, i mean it was it was good not great but that was just kind of like the the only thing like there but with Kraken, I feel like I I could spend time on the the website, and that just makes me happy. That's really important to me. And also, I want to ask about the customer service because that's something that's interesting to me. Because I know the customer service from like Coinbase and you know other like you know. That's oh, um, terrible. Yeah. Market. It's yeah, just awful. it's like like I literally I had like one issue. I think I got logged out of my Coinbase about like two years ago. And I called the the customer service, and that was like I, I literally never used the platform again. Like I just I deleted my account. I was like I don't care about this. Like this is just awful. So I'm actually really curious because you seem really excited, Washington, about the customer service that you guys um, are providing with Kraken. So I'd actually like to hear quickly, you know, about that yeah. or what you're excited about with it yeah no our, our customer service team are, are just fantastic we work with them like literally on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. like we make that like what what's really good is the relationship that we have that if at any point uh, a, a customer comes to them and says i don't understand what's happening with this they have a direct line with me who's the product lead of the marketplace to say hey they don't understand why this is happening and if it's a bug or it's a problem, that goes directly onto the feature pile that like, all right, hey, we need to go fix this because we're getting direct feedback from our clients that they don't like something or they don't understand something. So, hey, let's go and improve the UX here so that people actually understand what we're trying to do. So I think that relationship that we have with CE and product is really, really tight. Um, and anytime there's like a really tricky question where we're really on top of things to, to get their problems sorted out. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm personally excited by. Yeah. The Coinbase is and our competitors suck compared to us. We're, we're just you know, phenomenal. At, <laughs> I at like that service. energy. I like that energy. Well, I mean, too, it's like, how do you want to connect with somebody? Right. A lot of times you're funneled into one way to connect with anybody. If you want to connect with our people over chat, if you want to do it over social, if you want to call somebody. If you want to email somebody who wants to email, but if you do, it's there. Like there's all those options there. I don't think most other exchanges have. So I think however you want to get your support, you can get it too. Yeah. But what else? Just, yeah. What else have you, got, have you guys got planned to like push it and make people aware of it? We're going to see some some big, big like marketing stunts or activations or this kind of thing. Yeah, so I, look, I think one of the best ways to engage with the community in, in general is to give them free stuff, right, kind of. 
Um, so in most of our community activation so far, we've been really focused on trying to have like fun, but provide interactive ways people can get involved and like engage and like win stuff. So just example, earlier this year, in conjunction with the March Madness basketball tournament, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we held our own NFT tournament where the community could create kind of content, compete for prizes. We ended up giving away $50,000 in NFTs over the month and the community got to showcase their creativity. Mando, you mentioned earlier, more recently, we did the Dust Labs um, experiment with their uh, points parlor activations, which was awesome. We had a ton of positive interactions with that, uh, not just the DGODs and youth community members, but uh, other folks in the space who were just kind of touching that event. Um, and then most recently, you guys mentioned too, the F1 partner, uh, Williams, we're giving individual NFT holders the opportunity to have their NFT on the rear wing of a car. So like, that's the kind of stuff that we've been doing and we've got a heck of a lot more planned oh, yeah. um, because at the end of the day, we're really interested in like providing the best NFT experience both on and off platform. I think a lot of people are just focused on the transaction, but to me, that's actually one of those boring parts of NFTs. It's really about, I think, off platform community engagement. Yeah. So that's another way we're trying to separate. Can we provide those regularly? And by the way, for people that don't even have Kraken accounts, right? We're not like a walled off garden that is only accessible to some people. We may have some of those kind of more loyalty focused programs in the future, but we really are about trying to broaden it, bring people into the space, see how much fun it can be because the, the 2021 NFT vibes were just immaculate. I think most people would agree. We're, we're not there today for a variety of reasons. <laughs> we're trying to get back there. Love that. Any, anything that anyone can do to get us back to those times um, is much appreciated by us, for sure. Every every little helps. Has the so, NFT on the back of the F1 car been sorted? Have they been, already been selected, or is there still an option? So we had our community vote uh, last week. So four of, this, of those have been selected, and then on Friday, we're going to reveal the driver's choice. So mm -hmm. Alex Alvin and Logan Sargent are actually handpicking the rest of the finalists that'll go on there. Uh, so that'll be coming uh, later this week. That's awesome. All right. Well, that'll be a, that'll be a cool thing to see. Um, yeah. Look, it's it's great to great to speak to you guys. I think we're going to have you and maybe even the rest of the team on a few times over the next month. I know when Farouk's back, wants to make sure he hosts you guys as well. But this has been a really good introduction to to to, to you guys um, coming into the space. I know you guys have been circling around various different projects and pushing it but it's really good to have this this kind of formalized sponsorship and relationship now with you guys for the next month there's gonna be a lot of rug radio uh crack and um content i think going to be produced over the next over the next month which uh we're looking forward to and yeah we're just really really grateful that you guys are you guys are, are partnering with us so everyone in the um in the audience i think it's worth taking a look at them obviously we've all had big big dreams about um the revolution happening in marketplaces blah maybe it wasn't what everyone was hoping this could be uh, <laughs> maybe a bit of direction and uh yeah thanks a lot guys and it was great to speak to you i think i think yeah. we're probably yeah i think we're probably going to wrap it up there though for today um we're doing slightly short, shorter shows with with it being a uh reserve stuff reserve but better i would say at the same time um but we're only we're, we're only doing hour long shows but yeah, it was great to speak to you guys and we'll have you guys on later. And thanks again, Kaz and Mika. We're probably going to come back again with the, the top five or top seven things, hopefully again tomorrow and on Friday, which will be uh, even more interesting. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it.